0: Every Man Podcast. Every Man Podcast. Daryl Campbell, how are you, my brother? Oh man, I'm doing good. Every Every Man, every day, every way, man. Just working and grinding, man. You know how it is, brother Jay.
1: That's all you can do. That's all we ever do.
0: That's it. That's all we know.
1: Yep, got to grind. Got to rise grind. and grind. Grind till you shine, baby. Well, today, very excited to uh, be getting together here. We have a fantastic guest on tap today, Mr. Ben Cohn from Power Glove, you. the mighty Power Glove, and uh, this is going to be a bit of a video game themed episode, and uh, one video game in particular I'd like to talk about, and specifically a movie, so uh, if you haven't seen it yet, and you plan to see it, we're not going to spoil it, but we're going to talk about it, uh, we're talking about Detective Pikachu, so all you oh, yeah. pokey heads out there. Go ahead and just hit the fast forward button if you uh, if you don't want to hear this uh, conversation about Detective Pikachu. So mm-hmm. Daryl and I were both blessed this weekend to be able to fit in time to see Detective Pikachu.
0: Awesome, awesome. I mean, anytime you have your anytime your wife is the uh, main conduit to wanting to go see Detective Pikachu, you know she's a keeper. Yep, and you know you're blessed. That's right. Absolutely.
1: So I too. Um, Saw the saw the film with my significant other, and it was wonderful. And I I honestly felt coming out of that like um, it reminded me of how I felt like when I saw um, Star Wars as a little kid. You know, it it, yep. it was like because I saw something in that movie that I haven't seen yet in in film, and that is the way that they incorporated um, actual Pokemon into a real world type scenario. And when I say real world, I don't mean Christopher Nolan Dark Knight real world uh I mean it's you know there's people walking around and there's there's mm-hmm. you know normal stuff um our world so it was like the the pokemon had roles within this universe so it's kind of funny mm-hmm. because we talked about this last week on how I was saying like what's the what are the rules for the pokemon universe and in this movie to explain it, it's its own set of rules. So that's why there's Pokemon living with the people.
0: Right, right. I mean, I think that's essentially the the crux of the whole... Well, not the whole movie, but at least a a section of it is the fact that Pokemon were integrated with uh, the general population, which was, I thought, really cool.
1: Yeah, and treated like equals. Like, they, they still had some that they regarded as gods, but in this version of it, you know... The the detectives' partners were Pokemon, so they're oh, they're dude. they're equal to the police, and like you know, there were firefighter Pokemon, and there were Pokemon that were det- you know uh, doing the traffic, and uh, it was it was really awesome. And like I said, I don't want to spoil any of of what Pokemon were doing, um, yeah. but uh, Mister Mime was incredible. That whole sequence, oh, amazing. and and you know anybody questioning. Whether or not Ryan Reynolds is the king of Hollywood, um, I, the man has range. That's all I can say. Dude,
0: the range is unbelievable, man. He, Just, he's, i mean, unbelievable.
1: Seriously, like if you if you were to, to go and tell me, you know, that the guy from Van Wilder was gonna end up, you know, dead as Touche. dead as Deadpool. In, one, in two yeah. different versions of Deadpool, a mm-hmm. shitty one and a great one. Yeah the voice of, of Pikachu in a live-action Pokemon movie and a uh, five-star romantic comedy lead in any any chance he need. Like, come on. The guy <laughs> yeah. is the ultimate Hollywood actor. So I, I, I just... Props to him. Big ups. And uh, I just... I love the film, and I can't wait to see how they expand on it. And I think the coolest part... Was like the the sequences of the battles because it just got me oh, yeah. hyped up for more, you know, movies of live action Pokemon fighting and like the way that they explain what a trainer does and like oh, why yeah. why a Pokemon needs a trainer and why a trainer needs yeah. a Pokemon like that was so cool. Um, yeah, the the whole idea that like the they're kind they're on. Equal footing, but they can't all understand each other. But there's this right energy that connects them, and it's like they they talk about their intention, and well, they can't they don't know what I'm saying, but they know how I'm feeling, and yeah. a lot of that you know those, those those kind of themes about positivity and energy and putting getting what you put out there, you know, it's kind of uh, what we talk about here in the Everyman podcast every week. So yeah. I felt like it was kind of the ultimate Everyman movie.
0: I believe it was the ultimate Everyman movie, and I think it wouldn't be everyman-esque, if it wasn't fun, man. I think, you know, me being a 300-plus pound man sitting in a row filled with five, six-year-olds yelling out, and this is the only little spoiler tweak I got, a Snorlax. I'm just not going to say where he is, what he's doing, but there's a Snorlax in the movie. is one of my favorite Pokemon, and I just lost all of my marbles when I saw him. And, like... That just you know speaks to the energy that the movie you know captures. It's, it's just amazing.
1: And and the other thing is like I've never seen a movie where I felt like I was almost exhausted looking for things in the background oh, by yeah. the end of the movie. Like I, the entire movie, it's like it's like oh there's blank, there's you know yeah. oh there's Jigglypuff, like and it was so cool because they it's like it was like if if you gave me. Like what I would want to see Pokemon doing, like that was a mm-hmm. pretty friggin' close look at like what Without I question. would what I would have Pokemon doing. So, Without like question. you know, the, it was it was clearly made by fans. You know, the people oh, that yeah. made that clearly love love the subject. And and mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking back to going into that theater. I was thinking back to when I because I got the the Pokemon cards, um, mm-hmm. which was very cool, and it made, reminded Dude, me. Of, I, I, What'd you pull like by the five way of those? Did you get anything good? I, I,
0: I don't, I didn't get a chance to open them all because I wanted to open them, open them with Aiden. Once he kind of like, you know, yeah. but once we got home, we started playing other games and stuff, but yeah, uh, game over. We'll do that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, got, I got four packs of those. I can't wait.
1: Oh dude. It's, it's amazing. Luckily uh, my girlfriend let me have her cards. Um, yes. So thank you for that. Uh, Keeper. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, uh, the the it reminded me of seeing pokemon the movie the the first animated movie back in the day because you know I was a little I was you know in first grade or whatever when that came out and thinking about how this brand has had the longevity to stick with me till uh you know nearly 30 which is 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 no feat cuz there's I can't think of many other things that save the <laughs> pittsburgh steelers I can't think of anything else that has held my uh imagination this long
0: Bro, I'm I'm knocking on 40s door, and I'm I'm a Pokemon fan till I die. So yeah, couple of it's, certified uh,
1: trainers over here.
0: It's real, bro. Give me just give me a, give me a Pokeball. Let's go get it,
1: dude. <laughs> and I honestly could have had done with way more Pokemon stuff. Oh, like yeah, like the oh, the yeah. Pokeball scene was brief. I would have loved more about that. I would have loved to have seen a Pokedex somewhere. That would have been sick. You know, there's like there's so much of Pokemon Center would have been would have been amazing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you uh, did you think that the character that was um, that was kind of the henchman for the the, back? Did you think that was like a reference to the Team Rocket characters?
0: I don't know. Maybe a little bit perhaps because because the, um,
1: the the woman had like the pink gloves and the glasses and then talking about fashion and he had the glass the big glasses and the, and like the British accent and all that
0: I say reference like you know without like again alluding as to what happens um but early on in the film, I thought yes, but then you know things right. changed as it went along, so yeah right but I thought
1: it was, it was like an homage to the idea oh, of that so. character. That's for one of sure, one of sure. every man' uh, favorite words. There, homage, um, homage, homage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the best the, the the best part about it for me, like I said, was was seeing how they. Tied everything together. How different all the Pokemon look because like they could have just yeah. made them all one texture and like some yeah. of them looked slimy, some of them looked furry. Dude, you they know, were like so dynamic, man. Like, it was so
0: dynamic. Oh my god! And, I, and the, yeah.
1: whoever they got to have the the voice acting for the all the different Pokemon. Like I'm telling you, if you have even the slightest interest in Pokemon, this you have to go see this movie um and i'm definitely going to see it again because there there was i feel like there was too much stuff that i missed cuz i was just so excited and dude i
0: know i know there was stuff that i missed cuz you know after after i watched the film you know you go check out reviews and oh, see yeah. how it turned out and there were just so many hidden gems that i'm like oh man i'm seeing it and it's still i got to see it again just to capture it in real time you know it's just mm.
1: well i saw there's there's some rumors going around that this team is working on securing the smash brothers uh license because Nintendo wants to get it full on into film and dude dude, could you imagine how good and also that would serve like as a way for them to make live action movies of all those characters you know Kirby Yoshi DK
0: like dude come on that would be fucking great it's over it's their time man it's their time to hit the big screen we've been waiting
1: Nintendo all our lives if you're listening we need that smash movie soon
0: like like yesterday yeah the day before yes. Well, you know, there's a
1: Zelda, there's a live action uh, Zelda show coming to Netflix next year.
0: Well, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be sick. And uh, there's they have a couple other projects in the works. Um, speaking of which, do you remember the oh, Street Netflix Fighter movie? Is
0: killing it right now, man. Oh yeah, yeah it's killing it, dude. They they have to you know
1: just throw it all out there. Do, do you remember the Street Fighter movie? Oh yeah, for sure.
0: That you talking about
1: the, the live action one or oh, the live action one with uh with JC Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: bro. That yeah
1: that was a great a great movie and it was like I think that was hot off the heels of the, the Mortal Kombat success. Because mm-hmm. that was like the biggest movie ever at the time. Yeah. And still um, one
0: of the greatest soundtracks of all time.
1: Dude. Come on. All time. Come on. Yeah. And uh they thought that they were just gonna gonna nail it with uh with uh, Street Fighter and as I'm looking at these these screenshots they missed bigly. Mm-hmm. Um that's a great word bigly. Bigly. Yeah, you can't tell if I'm saying big league or bigly. Big league too. E- either way, <laughs> it's great. Um either. so so this I know people are skeptical of, of video game movies because historically, let me just rattle off a few of the shit boxes. Um, you've got uh the original Mario movie which Mm. Just for nostalgia purposes, I do enjoy that. Um Spawn, which was critically panned, but actually I love that one, so that that I doesn't fall in that, that category. It, that, Leg that
0: guy was awesome.
1: Leg wasamo. Come Is on. Is that
0: Michael Jai White? That was Michael Jai Oh yeah, White, that's right? Michael
1: Jai White. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Get it.
1: Badass. That tells you how long that dude's been at it in Hollywood, <laughs> Get man.
0: Yeah, dude, he was free was the original Spawn, bro, <laughs>
1: 30 years ago. Um yeah. but yeah, you have you have a couple of dumpers in there like Street Fighter. Um, you can even argue Mortal Kombat Annihilation is as as one of the worst movies ever made, but uh, you know I still love it. Still Mortal Kombat, yeah, it's still yeah. Mortal Kombat. That when they have the claymation um, animalities in that, where where when Liu Kang turns into that giant clay dragon and he's fighting uh, Shao Kahn,
0: oof, yeah, there you go. Does that's not it. age well. That that breaks the green green screen belt, doesn't it? Oh
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's that could be use a, that could use a remaster, I think. Um, but yeah, so so Detective Pikachu, fantastic. I would give it. I would if I had more thumbs, I'd give it. I'd give all the thumbs. I, I've got two, so that's what I'm gonna give it. Um, yep. Right there with you. Highly su- highly suggest it. So that's uh, that's what I have to say about Detective Pikachu. Yeah,
0: that's it.
1: I'm glad ditto. We're, glad we're on the same page. Yeah, Ditto. Like the Pokemon. Exactly. Ditto. A zing. <laughs> um, <laughs> So so today we've got, like I was saying previously, we've got uh, Mr. Ben Cohen, guitarist of Power Glove and Ladder Math, joining the show today. Uh, he's an awesome musician, great dude. Uh, he's also a fan of all this stuff that we're talking about. Uh, really looking forward to this conversation. So what do you say we kick it to Mr. Ben Cohen from Power Glove? We are here with Ben Cohen from Power Glove and Ladder Math, guitarist extraordinaire. Ben, how you doing, bud?
2: Doing great. How you doing, man?
1: Hey, man. We're we're happy to have you. We're doing good. So um, right off the bat, tell us where you're from and uh, what do you do?
2: I'm from Boston and uh, I play, like you said, I, I play a couple bands, Power Glove and Ladder Math. And, uh just moved out to la um in january so trying to trying to do the west coast thing now
1: how's that how's the uh, west coast weather treating you versus that boston storm up there
2: uh it's it's a good move so far i gotta yeah. say
1: <laughs> nothing worse than uh well besides maybe rochester minnesota in january but boston in january is pretty pretty goddamn brutal so i could see the see the desire for the move
2: yeah, it's not even just January. Like Boston, winter just lasts like half the year. It's like mm-hmm. five months out of the year. It's horrendous. So that was that was a big part of why I moved. Honestly, was just getting the fuck out of there,
1: <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting out of Dodge while you can.
0: Got to do yep. it, man. That's awesome. I'm from man. Chicago. I know, man. We we're, we're, it's like snowing sometimes. And like, man, you're like, what in the world is going on here? Yeah, so, for real, man. Yeah. But
1: you know that that weather makes hard people. So you know, I think it's good to get a little bit of that that character and then go out West because I noticed whenever I'm out there, everybody's just like, you know, it's like, man, you don't know this February and palm tree thing. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's very nice. So I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Thanks man. So we um last week we were talking about a little bit about power glove um, uh, to our listeners and and we were explaining how uh, nowadays there's, there's quite a few, uh, musical acts out there, especially with the way that YouTube kind of took over the music scene there, um, of people doing covers of music. That's That's been a common thing. Um, but lately, there's a lot of bands and, and groups now that are kind of covering video game music or music from TV shows or whatever. But to my knowledge, Power Glove was, um, was the first that I knew of, the the first on the scene. So tell us a little bit about what power glove is
2: uh it's it's basically well it started as a as a straight up video game metal band uh they were just doing uh covers of video game songs in heavy metal speed metal style um all instrumental and uh and then they expanded in in 2010 they put out the the record saturday morning apocalypse and i say they because i wasn't in the band yet um and uh and that one was all like saturday morning cartoon shows for the most right. part so they they kind of expanded into into that territory more um and yeah it's it's super fun we got it we got a really cool fan base or really nerdy fan base we, we- yeah. yeah one in the same one <laughs> yeah. in the same yeah nerd boys that's it let's yeah. do it well
1: we're yeah. we're we're all nerds here so this is going to be good combo. Yeah. so uh, I first saw Power Glove back in 2006 on the uh, Dragon Force tour, um, and I was, and obviously you were not in the band at that time, as we just mentioned. But I was completely right. blown away by the fact that the the energy that they had on stage, uh, the the outfits that they were wearing, and just the musicianship was was insane. And like when you're when you're you know on a tour with Dragon Force, like you've got to bring it, you know, otherwise like you're probably not. Going to do too well on that tour, um, yeah, for sure. So Power Glove just blew me away, and then uh, a couple of years after that, we actually played with them, uh, Extractus on a tour with Arsis, which was uh, which was way back in the day. But uh, but yeah, I've been so I've been I've been following Power Glove all these years, and uh, and then once obviously when I, I saw that you had joined, it was even uh, cooler for me because the one thing that I think is so unique about Power Glove is that you guys. Um, you expand on music that was not really written for people to play like it was it was written largely by one composer on a on a keyboard with you know many different instruments at hand and like it was never really designed to be played live you know by humans so <laughs> what's that process like when you're like trying to break down these super complicated like midi written crazy keyboard songs and then turn that into like metal and like rock and roll music. How, how What's that process like?
2: It can be really challenging trying to learn some of these some of this stuff, basically adapt some of these these keyboard lines to guitar, you know, stuff that was never meant to be played on guitar, basically. And then you have to figure out how to play it on a guitar, basically. And it's and it's insane. Some of the stuff um, that we that we have to play. Um, yeah, this, the, the most recent one is, uh, Snake Man from, from Mega Man. That one just, there's, oh. there's two solos in that one that I have to play live and it's, it's still a fucking nightmare every time. <laughs> like <laughs> I had to be so warmed up to play those two solos every night or, or I'm, I'm fucked basically.
1: <laughs> so do you guys get together and say like, um, you, you, you listen to the original soundtrack and you're saying, okay, well I can turn, I can turn this into a bass part. And then maybe this part's going to be a lead or then that's the rhythm. Like how much of that is, is collaborative and how much of that is like so one guy sitting down and, and breaking it down. Cause the, a lot of the guys we've, the musicians we've had on, uh, in the past, um, John Petrucci in our first episode, Mike Mangini, they, they have a very interesting writing, uh, uh, perspective and i'd be i'd be interested to hear what yours is because it's not you are covering the music but at the same time it's being transposed and and reanimated if you will so what's that yeah. process like
2: uh, well to, to be frank I, I haven't actually written anything with Power Glove yet because um, I you know, I only joined a few years ago so at this point I, I've only played live with them but I can tell you from you know I've, I've hung out with those guys for many many years and I've, I've gotten to see a little bit of, of their process so I can tell you from what I've seen and what I've, what I've heard from them basically the process starts with MIDI um, usually in Guitar Pro mm-hmm. um, and they'll kind of take those tracks from the guitar pro and adapt them and maybe, maybe add uh, guitar tracks. Uh, and that's, that's basically how the process begins. And then eventually once they have like sort of, you know, a, a structure and, and, a, and, you know, the, the form is basically to get it then, then they'll start recording, you know, actual instruments. But it's, I think most of it is is written and put together in guitar pro before they actually try to play it. Uh, on real instruments
1: could you describe kind of what guitar pro is for our non-musician audience because we got a lot of we got a lot of athletes uh that listen to our yeah, show as well for
2: sure so G- guitar pro is uh is a piece of software uh it's, it's for transcribing music so you can if you're trying to write out a piece of music you can use it uh that's that's what you use it for um there's there's other ones that aren't as guitar centric as guitar pro like finale or Sibelius are more for, you know, just, just writing out music in general, guitar pro is as you you would think it's guitar centric. So more for rock people. (laughs) And and
1: the really cool thing about that, Daryl is it, it allows you to kind of create an entire composition almost with, I mean, you you can use a guitar with a MIDI MIDI pickup or a keyboard if you want, but you can actually just put, place the notes exactly how you want them. and, And you can really build like he's saying you could you could build this crazy masterpiece just one guy on a on a
2: laptop it's it's really amazing so like
0: like the whole the whole like conceptually from soup to nuts you can do it all through this this piece of software
2: Exactly. Yeah, you can you can program the drums with it if you want. Uh, you can you can you know tab out all the guitar parts. You can write out all the synth parts, and then you basically just have have the whole thing just a MIDI version of it. And then from there, you can record real instruments. You know, in a, in a, a different program, basically. If we how could do you guys like, well, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, if we could come up with a guitar pro for NFL playbooks, we'd probably be millionaires.
0: There you go. <laughs> how do you how do you guys like determine which? songs to to actually um to play like like what's like like we, justin and I were talking about one of the songs um uh, from Ninja Gaiden, which was uh, Stage four two, one one of my favorite songs, uh, Unbreakable Determination, because they had those little green ninjas that would follow you all over the place and try to take your life force. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> how did like how did they like take this song and then kind of give it that like almost fiesta mariachi guitar feel to it that just like I'm like listening to it. I listened to like all, like just about all of your albums for like ten hours straight. It was great. Um, because I'm a nerd. That's just what we do. Um, <laughs> Uh, I like fell asleep to it and my son came in the room like, dad, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm listening. Don't, 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 don't bother. Me. Um, <laughs> but like just something like that, like one of my favorite stages from Ninja, Ninja Gator, you guys turned that into just metal mayhem. Like who who decided that? Like how did that happen?
2: Yeah. So I, as far as I know, uh, they, they basically just kind of brainstorm ideas. They'll, they'll listen to different, different video game songs basically, or, you know, on the, on that one album, you know, different Saturday morning cartoon or Disney songs. And like, just, you know, if they'll, one of them will just kind of be like, oh, "I think this could this could work well in a metal context, basically. You yeah. know, if we sped it up or, you know, make it heavy, that kind of thing." It's just so it's just kind of like, you know, you you hear a song and you think like, "Would this would this work or would this not work?" Basically, that's that's like how it starts, I think. Dude, that's cool, man.
1: What um what drew you to uh, Powerglide? Like, how did you tell tell us how you ended up, you know, going from just hanging with the guys to to being playing with the band
2: uh well yeah so basically i met i met the guys when i was at berkeley in boston uh we were all going to school there together um and we started hanging out we became good friends and then uh a bunch of years later basically uh chris the one of the original guitar players in power glove uh decided to leave the band um and so they they thought of me first as far as i know <laughs>
1: right place <laughs> they, right they times
2: what's that yeah right place right time exactly yeah it's uh you know that's you know they say in the music industry it's all yeah. it's all who you know and being in the right place at the right time and that's that's really what this was it was just having having these guys as my friends and and being there in in boston at the right time when they needed a guitar player so yeah
1: well and also cool. one of the th- themes we we talk about here because uh coming from the nfl daryl can tell you it's it's the same thing in in the league where it's next man up you know and, and oh, somebody man. goes down and you know yeah you got to be right place right time but you also have to be prepared and and yeah. you know you had to have some serious chops to just to come into power gloves so it's not it's not like anybody could have just uh you know walked oh, into yeah. that so For yeah sure. you do have to be there's a little bit of luck there but you do you know you do have to also bring it
0: Gotta For have sure the stones. Yeah. Man. Gotta have what's the stones. that so you gotta have the stones that's what we call it if you don't have the stones you can't do it man you can't sure. yeah
2: yeah It's all, yeah. So there's the, there's the luck side of it and, and you know, who, who, you know, but there, yeah, for sure. There's also the side of it, of being prepared and having, having your shit together and, uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Now it's, it's funny that you bring up Berkeley because, um, that's kind of been a common theme. Um, one of the things we've talked about a lot on this show so far has been Berkeley and, uh, you know, the, the pros and cons of, of going to a, um, you know, for formal music education, um. What do you feel like was the best thing outside of your connection with Power Glove? What do you think is the the thing you took away from most at Berkeley?
2: Man, besides besides meeting Power Glove, I mean, I'm, I I met my girlfriend who I've been with for over ten years now there, so that that was cool too. Yeah, <laughs> um, there you go, B. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that was nice. Uh. And you know, I think I think just. um, there was also a specific ensemble i did there which was a it was in a recording studio and it was it was basically preparing you for doing sessions Mm -hmm. like it was basically a songwriter would come in each week um and they would just have a song that they had written out as as sheet music and they would give you your part in front of you and you basically have to you'd have like a minute to maybe look at it and then they would press record and you had to just fucking record it right right there on the spot and not mess up basically or they would have to start over um so that was like a really cool experience of like just how how it works if you're a session guitar player or a session musician in general um so that that was definitely a cool experience there at berkeley um yeah that was, that was probably the the biggest thing other other than the connections i would say
1: yeah that's super that's super valuable knowledge because I've been in situations as a as a session musician where um you're you know when you have your own band and ben you can speak to this you you develop your own lingo where like you know yeah you do the shaka 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 here or whatever like you have your own <laughs> lingo but like if you go into somebody else's space there's like a set standard of language that you need to know and understand and be willing not only willing but able to respond back with. Um, yeah. otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna keep that gig. like you may have gotten in the door, uh, but you're not gonna be able to stay there. Uh, so that's that's one of the biggest things that I, I think is interesting as a session musician is that balance of like being flexible but also you got to know the you know know the book.
0: Dude, that's just like freaking playing sports, man. Like, I got to be able to go from playing a 3-4 front to being able to play a 4-3 front. You know what I mean? Sub-packages, all that type of stuff. So, like, I can't just be like, oh, dude, I'm just a nose guard. (laughs) Or I'm just a defensive end. And they're like, oh, how tall are you? Are you 6'4", 6'5", you're 300-plus pounds, and you run a what? Yeah, you should be able to do sub-packages too, buddy. All right, get the hell out of here. (laughs) So, yeah, that's just kind of how it has to go. So,
1: And you can't – and, like, you have to put that ego aside to – to be able to play in a system, you know, whether it's a a football team or a band. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's all, it's always, it's always executing in a system. Um, What, what is your, what's your practice routine like um, right now? Currently, what do you, how do you stay? How do you stay sharp?
2: Honestly, uh, I don't have a set practice routine right now. Most of my, my practice time is generally taken up by stuff I have to work on for my bands at this point. So it's generally, if I'm picking up the guitar, it's working on songs for either, either power glove or ladder math. Um, The last week I was actually, I I, I got asked to play in a, in a shred contest last Saturday night uh, in LA. So uh, to just last week to just, you know, get ready for that. I was doing a lot of like chop stuff. I was playing along with a lot of YouTube backing tracks, just like, Getting my, you know, improv chops as, as sharp as they could be, and just getting my my technique as as you know as sharp as it could be, basically. So I do a lot of that jamming, jamming with backing tracks, and and then just uh, working on scales and patterns and stuff. I still do some of that kind of thing, metronome work. Um, and just, and just, uh, working on different techniques, making sure like, you know, my, my alternate picking is sharp. My legato is sharp. My, uh, my sweet picking is sharp. Everything's got to be on point, you know? So yeah, but no, no specific routine like that. I stick to every, every day or every week or anything like that.
0: Question for you've been. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Daryl. So, so question for you. So, um, power glove to ladder right? Which one's more demanding on you as far as uh, your structure, your routine, what it is, how how you have to execute?
2: That's a good question. Um, I would I would say the power glove material in general is more technically challenging um, overall. Um, but there's there's different aspects to each band that are that are tricky. So it's but it's nice I can kind of like you know work on different techniques in, in each project. So that's nice.
1: Sweet. I was telling Daryl, speaking of ladder math, um, we have this thing we talk about on, on here. We call it the cosmic canoe and, <laughs> and and the cosmic canoe, Ben um, you're in it and, yeah, and right. you'll know in a second oh, why. <laughs> um, so the cosmic canoe is like you're, you're Daryl and I are embarking on this journey on the everyman journey. And I feel like every time we put our, our oar down into this mystical, Universal river or lake, we bring back up with us, you know, more energy that just ends up propelling us forward. And it's like every time we do something, we have a connection to it. So I was explaining to Daryl how, way back, I saw on Craigslist an advertisement of of a, a new progressive metal band looking for a drummer. And this was in this was in between this is. Prior to my my big uh, HCM surgery uh, and and before Extractus got started and we started doing our thing, and I was looking to make a move and I'm like oh yeah let me let me email this yeah and so we start going back and forth and sure enough the person on the other end of the email is Ben Cohen and yeah. I always remembered that name and you know a, you know I know I know Power Glove right so on Facebook one day I'm like. Uh, so I see something and like Ben Cohen is is now the the touring guitar player of Power Glove and I'm like, why do I know that name? So I go back into my Gmail from 2010 and I'm like, oh shit, that's that's the one and the same. So then we're friends on Facebook and then one day we're at Nam and like you had just posted a picture from like and I look up, I look at my phone, I'm like, see the picture you just posted and you're like right over there, and then that's that's it. Next thing you know, we're we're bros. And, uh, you know, we're in the cosmic canoe and and it's just, it's hilarious to me that, you know, nine, 10 years later, we're, we're having this conversation now like this. And it's like, we've already, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just, uh, that's some cosmic cosmic shit,
0: man. Yeah. It's it's crazy
2: how that stuff works out, man. Like just, just random connections from like that far back, I didn't even remember that that was how it was. That how we first that's that was met the first, yeah, yeah.
1: It was like we we in, interacted great. there, and then like and then Nam, like it was like oh we've already met, you know. And, uh, yeah. and then you know, fast forward to you're watching, you know, Bernie, and then it's like yeah, you're watching Bernie Williams play, uh, you know, play at Nam, and you know the the world is a is a funny place, but um that also goes to show you know from from a music perspective, like I was saying to Daryl that however many 250,000 people or so that, that, you know, pilgrimage out to Nam every year, mm-hmm. it's still a small world. Like there's a ton of people there, but like, think of how many weird connections to, you know what I mean? To find something like that. Um,
2: absolutely. It's, yeah. Like it's, you said, it's, it's a all a network community. Yeah, yeah, and like, and then it, you know, it narrows down even further. Like, yeah, there's like, there's like the small world of just you know, professional mus- musicians, basically, and then it, and then you narrow it down even further to just like the the rock and metal scene, you know, mm-hmm. and then it, and then it's like a really small bubble. Right. Like, like you wouldn't you wouldn't think it's that small, but it is. It's like a couple you know?
1: thousand dudes, like it's, yeah. and, and a handful <laughs> of ladies. Like it's it's very, <laughs> it's very and tight. A handful
0: of ladies.
1: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, man, it's it's great. So one of uh, one of the other things we were, we were talking about is just is video games in general. So obviously, if you're in a video game, uh, you know, band, I would assume you're a gamer, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, more more casual than than some of the some some might think. Uh, with me being in Power Glove, but but yeah, I'm, I'm a gamer for sure. Yep.
1: What did you grow up uh, playing?
2: I grew up with the so I started with the original NES. Um, nice. Got that when I was like three or four years old, I think. Like and that's like probably one of my earliest memories that I have in life. I think is is opening up that box and like seeing that my parents bought us a Nintendo and like freaking the fuck out and like being so excited <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's like one of my earliest memories and uh, and yeah, I start, so I started playing. Like it came with Mario Duck Hunt, so that was that's like it. I think one of my first games I ever played. I still don't know was, how that fucking about. light gun
0: works. Dude, that freaking dog! I swear to God, man. Every time he's coming up, I'm like, "What is going
2: on here?" Haunts oh, my dream still. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like, really
1: though, how does that gun work?
2: Yeah. I still don't know. Like, I maybe reflects off the TV or something. I, I don't that just know. seems I,
1: wet, like because because like for how long ago that was, and yeah. how few other things that we have that like interact with your television screen since right. then makes me think oh, yeah. that that was some sort of secret. <laughs> Space age technology that Nintendo let out.
0: Well, I would say so, just because like the gun didn't have any like sensors that we knew of, right? When we were little, everything here like VR, you got a sensor, something that like you know calibrates right. along with the dongle that you're wearing on your head or you're holding in your hands. But like no, no dongle, was like that. Yeah, we're just gonna like point at the screen that's not even HD, and we don't even know what that is yet. And a dog's gonna laugh at you when you miss. So it's yeah, great. it was so ahead of its time. It's true. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: And then they had for Super Nintendo, they had that big ass canon one too the, yeah uh, with the little scope oh, that was insane too yeah. super scope super scope, super scope. yeah yep. yeah so Got it. when you were when you were a kid playing those games did did the music stand out to you because i know you know when i as a, as a drummer i would always hear like I, now thinking back to it because i was obsessed with power rangers i think power rangers was really where i first started subconsciously getting into heavy metal because i like That theme song, I would just hear it all the time. And, like, you know, years later, I would realize what kind of music it was, you know. Um, But I always found that 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 era of, you know, 8 bit and 16 bit gaming just had some of the most badass, especially Sega had some incredible music. I mean, John Petrucci, we talked about it on episode one. You know, John Petrucci was cutting tracks for uh, Sega games back in the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And yeah, I was, I was very, I think I, I was very influenced as a musician, I think by a lot of that early video game music, like without even really realizing right. just a lot of that stuff was so creative and like just, original original stuff like the it, it didn't really sound like anything else you know there's no there's no other music that that sounded like that stuff so yeah and i think I think just playing those games all the time when i was a kid definitely influenced um me as a musician more than i realized
1: yeah it's it's one of those things that uh that like sneaks into your playing um
0: dude yeah. sonic the hedgehog streets yeah. of rage street oh, yeah. fighter like yeah power glove like the the guile thing song oh my gosh like, <laughs> oh, dude, do you guys remember the like the stage, the like the guy theme song stage? Like well not the theme song stage, but the stage itself and he had those like two dudes like sitting on boxes with the chicks just like pumping their fists. Like it was yeah. awesome. And I'm there's like what is going on? And then in the far
1: in the far left, there's a chick that's kinda kinda looks like she's like jerking a dude. Uh, right in the corner, she's like casually, like she's like laying on his lap, and she's got her hand yeah, up. Yeah, she's just like right there. She's like,
0: she's yeah. like doing this, but you don't know what she's doing. It's like, oh my god, I know,
1: I know what she's doing, but uh, <laughs> we
0: yeah. all know he knows what, what she's doing. Yeah, we all know
1: what she's doing. Oh man, yeah. The the uh, when we when we were going through the catalog, um, we were the we were just having a ball with it, and as Daryl and I have been on this everyman journey, um, I've been indoctrinating with with my music and uh and he has indoctrinated me with his world of fitness and uh, just general uh prowess but um, we were we went down to the dream theater concert and uh, which i've been I've been getting him closer and closer towards things like uh, Dragon force and stuff um so when we were, yes. when we were listening to um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about this a little bit um talk about some of the the vocal spots that they uh obviously because you weren't in the writing process but how did do you know how that came to be with getting um the, those spots together for Under the Sea and uh, the, the Pokemon theme?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that was just them. Uh, they went on tour with with both those bands, so they they knew the dudes and uh, just hit them up, and they were they were happy to do it. You know, they they again, yeah, it was before I was in the band, but they they toured with Dragon Force and they toured with Sonata Arctica, so. Um, yeah, they, they just knew the guys and and hit them up and they were happy to do it.
1: Yeah. And it really, those vocals, uh, from those guys, Mark Hudson, uh, in in particular, it's, it's just, it's incredible. And, um, it's like, uh, it's like Mountain Dew as a singer, as we were, as we were saying, (laughs) like,
0: yeah. (laughs) Mark Hudson and Pokemon dude. I was like, "What is this? This is this is this is metal from the gods." and I gotta listen to this again. So it's like I got it on like uh, repeat. I'm at the gym throwing up like 4:55. Yes, I want to be the best Pokemon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, That's man. awesome, man. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it's it's really great. Um, what what makes you um, what makes you tick as far as keeping you know like because I imagine there gets to a certain point with your with shredding on guitar where you you've you've done all of your sweeping like you you got the tapping down like what makes you want to keep getting better at that technique besides because obviously like you've you've got a pretty sweet gig with Power Glove you're 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 doing uh, hired gun work now uh, which I want to talk to you about as well um, and then you've got ladder math going so like you've got all these all these plates in the air like what makes you keep going to get more and to push yourself further as a musician.
2: That's a that's a great question. Um I would say well part part of it is just you know I I never I see I see people on YouTube and on Instagram that still inspire me who who are better guitarists than me. Like I, one guy's like Rick graham is an amazing amazing guitarist who I I follow on on Instagram and and YouTube and all that stuff and he's he's ridiculous, you know. So I I I still like you know I'll I'll download a, a lesson pack from him and I'll, I'll you know, try, still try to get better at, at my instrument, uh, just, just learning his stuff, you know? So there's, there's that. And then um, there's just, I think I still have some of that, some of that drive, like when I, even from when I was like 16 and just like, you know, would come home from school every day and just didn't want to do anything except go in my room and play guitar every day. Mm-hmm. And I still, you know, it's not, it's not quite like that anymore, of course, but like, I still have some of that, that drive in me that just, just wants to, you know, play guitar all the time. That's that's really what it is.
1: Because uh, you know, to do the things that that uh, you do and that that I do uh, in terms of music, you really have to love it. Otherwise, no, there's no reason to put yourself in some of these compromising positions. And I'm not talking about yeah. I'm just saying from experience, you know, when you're getting into a van and driving uh, 11 hours for 50 bucks, and or no 50 bucks. Um, just to play a 25 minute set with, with the hopes of, you know, networking and making things happen for yourself. It's like, well, I know what will happen if I don't go nothing, but like you're, as a musician, you're constantly like, "Eh, let me try this. And you're, and you're failing. Um, and one of the things I, I like to get out there is it took me a lot of fails and a lot of failing, uh, to get to the point where I started having some success, um, and i wanted to to ask you like was there was there any point along this journey so far uh of becoming a professional where you failed and thought like okay i'm not this is i'm not cut out for this uh time to pack it in
2: hey man i'm i'm still pretty broke <laughs> like it's it's not you know it's it's not the kind of thing where at least with me where it's, where it's like okay night now, now you're in these bands and they're touring and so now now it's now you're all set you know that's that's not how it actually really goes or at least that's not how it went for me um it's still it's still like uh, i'm still having to hustle every day trying trying to get more guitar students more gigs you know especially since i just moved across the country a few months ago it's kind of it's kind of been like starting over for me so it's i'm hustling every day man and uh but it's it's the kind of thing where like you said like i there's nothing else i would really want to do with my life besides play music so that's that's really what it is I don't don't know what else I would really do if I wasn't doing this so it's just it's what it's what I'm it's what I got to do it's what I want to do that's it it's the grind baby oh yeah I
1: saw uh I saw that recently you were doing some traveling for a gig um well can you tell us about your trip to Cabo
2: uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, so, so somebody uh, that was a Craigslist gig. Actually, somebody. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, it was just uh, this guy posted on Craigslist saying he needed he needed a guitarist, somebody who could sing and uh, play guitar to like sing and play this this one uh, song while he like on the beach in Cabo while he proposed to his girlfriend on the beach. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, and I so I basically uh, sent him a video of myself. Playing and singing the song, it was it's, it's you know cheesy song you you and me by Lifehouse, um,
0: uh, but yeah. I like
2: yeah, so I I did it I I, I sent him a video of myself yeah. playing the song and I got hired and he flew, so I got flown down to Cabo he put me up for the night in like an all inclusive resort like all the food and drinks were included um and he and he paid me well so that's that's the hustle man I gotta, I gotta get more gigs like that <laughs> yeah
1: you're willing to make the sacrifice uh, for those for those gigs.
2: Yeah, man. You have that's, to. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's you have to. I didn't realize. See, to.
1: when I first saw that online, I, I was I was figuring it was like you were doing filling in for like a like a hotel band or something. I didn't realize it was a pri like private private. That's amazing. Yeah,
2: dude. private private
1: party of two. <laughs> that's incredible, dude. So like after yeah, you man. played the song and I did, she say yes.
2: She said yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <Did she laughs> go. <'Cause laughs> if I didn't ask people, no. people oh, would
1: be mad. <laughs> so like. Was there yeah, a moment be really
2: awkward if she said no? I don't know what I would have done. Like I was thinking about that. Like I was just like I guess I just like kind of wander away, like just pretend never happened.
1: Well, I'm thinking it would be awkward. Like after, like how long do you stand there after she says yes and they're like hugging and kissing? Like it's like oh, hmm. well, I guess I'll just back myself out of here. Like <laughs> that must have been fun.
2: <laughs> yeah it was it was a little awkward but like they were they were chill it was, it was we kind of like after it was over like he actually introduced me to her and then we like you know walks walked back toward the resort together and it was chill like and then we just like parted ways and i, I went and got drinks that's <laughs> awesome man man well I, cool.
1: I i hope you get many more gigs like that keep keep on yeah, craigslist <laughs> dude i didn't realize you yeah, this. <laughs> see i guess that's hit or miss like you could either end up like uh you know on on a on a black couch somewhere um <laughs> Talking about casting couch, yeah, some sort of casting couch, or or you're gonna end up, you know, on a on a beach in Cabo for a night. So it's it's either way
0: sure, for a future exactly. husband wife. It's awesome, dude. Yep. <laughs> either way, we're...
2: the one thing I will say I've learned uh in throughout the years of doing those those one off gigs is is make sure you get everything in writing. Like I made sure, like I had the guy, you know, sign a contract before I did anything. Basically, you know, yep. so that's that's very important. Yeah, uh, get your so deposit. People. Yeah, yeah, I had him uh, give me give me a fifty percent deposit and then pay me the rest after the gig was over. So if there's any you know musicians listening, I would definitely make sure you do that. If there's any kind of freelance work you're doing, basically.
1: Was there was there any part of you during that process on that trip where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe like this this is actually like I'm getting paid to do this?
2: The the entire time, man. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> chilling on the beach there's like a there was like a huge like lizard that walked by me when i was chilling in the hot tub i was just like how did how did i get here what what this
0: is is it it.
2: every man wait man yep every
0: man that's the cosmic canoe man yeah that's the cosmic canoe that's what happens when you're in the cosmic canoe man yep
1: the good things come to you my bro that's awesome (laughs) so what uh what do you have going on as far as i know you got the the shred competition um what do you have coming up uh, in the in the shorter term, other than uh, I, I assume you guys are going out on the road soon?
2: Yeah, so uh, Laddermath is working on recording his, the, the second album right now, uh, so that's, that's almost done, actually, uh, the tracking <laughs> process anyway. Um, I got to record some solos for that one, and uh, yeah, so we're excited about that, and then let's see, Power Glove. Uh, we just filmed a video. I think I can talk about it. Uh, we haven't like announced it, but i'll I, I'm pretty sure i can I can talk about. it. <laughs> Everyman exclusive. Here we go. Yeah, you guys are getting exclusive. Uh, we uh, so we filmed we filmed a music video for uh, for under the sea and uh, and Mark from Dragon Force filmed his parts. So we basically, since we're all in different places, we all just filmed our our parts individually in front of a green screen um and then it's i, I think it's going to basically look like we're under the sea that's like cool. while we're playing the song uh yeah. so it's, it was, that was fun i th- i think that should be out um in the next few months i i would i would guess um don't quote me on that and <laughs> that's
1: awesome i can't wait to see that
2: yeah.
1: now i yeah, I, awesome. I saw um you recently got a new endorsement what can you tell us about that
2: yeah so i'm officially endorsed by GHS strings now that's very exciting Steve, um congrats yeah, Thanks man. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's a cool thing. They're, they're hooking me up with strings. I, I like it. And, uh, they're awesome strings. I dig them. That's, uh, that's, that's about all I can say about that, yeah. <laughs> that's the, and that's that
1: on the strings. That's awesome, man. Yeah, congratulations. We're, uh, this, the, and, and this is a perfect opportunity for me to, to uh, hit a plug. This, uh, the Everyman Podcast is brought to you by Ernie Ball Music Man, and uh, they help us uh, get the production together on the show, and uh, we are very grateful for their fantastic strings and guitars as well. Um, Thanks, Ernie. Yes, Ernie, thank you, <laughs> Mr. Ernie. Um, I wish there was still a Mr. Ernie there, but uh, it's sterling now. But yeah. I digress. Um what uh when is uh the next time people can see Power Glove on the road?
2: So that yeah, we're working on that too. Uh nothing officially booked that I can I can talk about yet, but uh but next next year basically is looking looking like it's going to be busy for Power Glove. So awesome. like yeah, 2020's uh yeah, and and we're we're trying to get to again, I can't I can't tell you anything definitive yet, but we're we're looking at uh, international touring next year. So that's very exciting. Fantastic. Right. Getting get to some other countries for the first time ever. So that's, that's great. That's very exciting.
0: Yeah, show off that piranha plant, baby. Let them know oh, what's yeah. happening, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you can always go the threaten route, too, if you decide to. Uh... <laughs> so, Daryl, there's this guy, this guy recently uh, who, him and his girlfriend created a fake record label. Uh wow. A fake, a fake production company um a tour a tour manager uh dude they created a fake um award like best songwriter of the year and then they made dude they spent like five grand on all these fake uh bot accounts on facebook and youtube and then like dude he like made these weird music videos where it was like him in a room but they made it look like he was playing in front of like thirty thousand people and they dude They hired all these musicians from all over the country, and then they fucking booked, like, a European tour saying, like, yeah, there's gonna be, like, 350 people here per show, and you're gonna get this, this, and that. Dude, they got all these musicians over to fucking Germany and stuff, and then no one was at the venue. And it went for, like, two weeks before any of them figured out that the whole thing was a scam, and this guy was basically trying to, like somebody's going to make a movie out of it if they haven't already bought the rights to it, but it's
2: Netflix. Dude. It's (laughs) like they they already did the fire festival documentary. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to make one about that guy too. But like, it's like the line
1: between, and I don't, I, I don't endorse scamming and lying by any means, but he's on the thin line of genius, like so close to fucking brilliant idea. But
2: yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff. In for
1: execution, sure. it just fell apart, and like that's wow. why I think like it's um it's an amazing story. But um yeah, that's that's shout out to uh, threaten for, uh, and he's got some <laughs> he's got some good tunes too. You should check it out. It's
2: it's yeah, it's kind of similar in the in the fire festival sense, like just how far you can take something without having any, having any idea what you're doing, right? And, and no skill whatsoever as a musician. Like just just how far you can you can actually take it the, with with social media, basically. Just right. it's it's really interesting.
1: And, and like the 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 awards is the best part because like people just bought it. They're like, oh yeah, best songwriter twenty sixteen. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, just like fake newspaper <laughs> so, clippings and stuff, dude. Fake news. It's crazy. It's it's it's, wow. it's nuts, man. Social media just is like it's just taking over, man. Like it's yeah. yeah. It's a
1: necessary, uh, tool for the, for the young musician though, un- unfortunately. Yeah. You
0: gotta use the, you gotta use the force wisely though. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. Yes, sir. Sure. So Ben, what, what parting words of advice would you give to a young, uh, musician who clearly wants to get out on the road or they want to be, um, a producer, they want to be a composer, um, or they want to kind of follow in your footsteps or they want to chase that dream. What would you tell yourself, uh, you know, if you could go back and tell 13 year old Ben, um. What advice would you give them?
2: Yeah, that's that's a tough that's a tough question, <laughs> but uh, yeah, put me on the spot. That's uh, let me think about it. Um, I would I think it's hard it's hard to tell somebody you know to do exact if you do exactly what I did then you're gonna you're right. gonna get where you're trying to go because I think I think everybody has a different path you know in in life and in their careers and. Sure you know every every band takes a different path every musician takes a different path and there's no there's no wrong or right way to go about it but i i think you know and it and it also really depends on the music the music industry is so so huge and like there's so many different uh you know career paths in terms of like what you can do as a musician so it, it really depends on what you want to do with your with music basically like there's there's so many different things you can do with music. If you want to, if you want to be a professional guitar player, then I would say just get as good as you possibly can at your instrument. Um, and then, besides that, it's just going to be about, you know, I hate to, I hate to say it because it's really cliche, but it, uh, a lot of it seems to be, in my experience, it is, it is networking and who you know, um, and and just making. You know, networking is is kind of a gross word I feel like cuz it just sounds really phony, but I think it's I think it's really about just making genuine connections with people, like Absolutely. making making good yeah. friends. Um that's and that's I guess what I would tell people. Yeah.
1: So get getting yourself out there, practicing hard and and being uh open to connecting with with new people.
2: For sure. Yep.
1: I think that's a good way to boil that down there. Um, is there any uh any stuff you want to plug where where can everybody find you on social media if somebody wants to get a lesson from ben cohen where can they do that
2: yeah so i'm on i'm on all the all the stuff instagram facebook twitter uh it's all it's all at at ben cohen guitar um i think the facebook one is at ben cohen Guitarist um because my personal one's at ben cohen guitar but yeah at, at ben cohen guitar on most of the stuff uh feel free to Send me a DM or, or you know, email me, guitar at gmail.com. If you, if you need guitar lessons, if you're in Los Angeles, we can do it in person. If you're anywhere else in the world, I teach over Skype or FaceTime. So, yeah, hit me up.
1: That's awesome. Nice. Well, Ben, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining the Everyman podcast this week. Um, it's, it's a true pleasure. And uh, you're definitely living the everyman life. And uh, tip my hat to you, sir. And thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks,
0: B. We're
1: gonna we're gonna play a little uh, Power Glove here to uh, to wind the show down, and this is Unbreakable our, our...
0: Determination.
1: That's right; it's our favorite cut from uh, from the Annals of Power Glove, and this is a little ninja guiding for you guys. <laughs>